Welcome, Hunters, to the Hunter's Hub. Uh, we are fully into Iceborne at this point, right, Haru? Wow, it's a completely unknown life form. Never before seen. I'll call it Pipe Cleaner Palumu. Pipe Cleaner. Uh, so yeah, uh, we ha we've been playing a bit. Uh, Haru, I think you're much further than I am. Uh, considering you were helping me progress a little bit uh, <laughs> yesterday. Um, but I, it just for me, I haven't had the time to play because of uh, work and life and that kind of stuff. Uh, for instance, uh, yesterday I got to play zero, zilch, none. A whole day of not playing. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about the first uh, couple, eh, more than a couple, the first few monsters... Uh, tonight yeah, that we see in uh, Iceborne uh, and expect the podcast for a little while at least to mostly be focused on Iceborne because uh, probably all that we're going to be playing for a while but hey it's the Hunter Sub and we're kind of a Monster Hunter podcast kind of now right? <laughs> and uh, thanks to Wolfie Melon for the music yes yes I was going to get there um, <laughs> bef uh, before uh, before we get into like the meat of the discussion, um, just a little bit of like, ha like a little bit of a idea of how we've been trying to approach the game, I think is important so that listeners kind of know for, for me, um, it, I'm taking the story slower, so I'm not going to be like, I'm not done with the story and you know, a lot of listeners may be done. Um, but I'm taking a slower pace because I'm like building armor along the way and I'm gathering a lot of information and doing a lot of free hunts and that kind of stuff just to sort of immerse myself in the game more so than just blaze through the story. Kind of like I did in World. I kind of felt like I missed something just blazing through it. Um, so how, how are you approaching the game, Haru? Uh, I'm stopping to farm monsters that I particularly like, but I'm also uh, rushing to the end because... Uh, I mean, at a certain point, like, you know, Carpe Diem, and also, also the the longer I go, the more risk there is of Twitter spoilers. Of oh yeah, that, you know, like uh, yeah, one of our uh, great listeners, and, and I'm not going to call out a name, <laughs> but spoiled the freaking end boss for me, <laughs> and I am not much further than what we are talking about tonight. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, for instance, I haven't fought Velkana. I don't think it's a spoiler that you fight Velkana. I haven't got that far. So, there. For people who are further, that's my reference. Haven't got there yet. Alright. Um, so, uh, an another real quick note before we start. Um, there's going to be a lot of ambient noise in my audio. I cannot fix it. It will not be fixed. Um, it is freaking hot. There is no air conditioning, so I have a fan on and windows open. So you may hear crickets. You may hear a fan. You may hear cars driving by. I'm sorry. Just I can't do anything about it today. <laughs> Not the best recording situation. Sorry. Don't um, you feel immersed in Iceborne yet, Fortune? Oh, man. If I wasn't really freaking hot all the time, I would love to be like swaddled in snow right now. What is it, like 90 degrees? Uh, I have no idea. It's, uh, I think it, it got it to like the mid eighties here, mm. I think, which isn't like sweltering, but at the same time sitting, you know, like when I'm trying to play the game, you know, for any amount of time sitting in the room, it gets hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. And I just like eventually had to take a break. I'm like, all right, I'm done playing. Um, but I've only really got to binge the game twice now. And it was today 
and like Sunday night and I paid for it Sunday night. <laughs> I had to get up early Monday. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, without further ado, um, our first point is the massive expansion. That massive is expansion awesome. DLC. Um, so, oh my gosh. I feel like we were skeptical for a long time about like, it will be comparable yeah. in size. It will rival the content, like whatever PR quote they had. Um, yeah, I think it's, they said, I think it's a comparable is, is what I remember in particular. But then again, you know, don't just trust me. There, there is actual sources out there. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I feel like it's about as large as a monster hunter expansion, uh, could be. Um, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think only... there's ever been a bigger one as far as, like, everything counts. Monster Count 3 Ultimate may have, like, come close, but I'm not sure. Because 3 Ultimate added a lot of portable third things. So... Well, yeah, so it wasn't... It was kind of separated there. It just it just it came all at once for us in the West. Right, yeah. Right, yeah, and our perspective as, you know, non-Japanese players. Because um, I think that was true for everybody. Everybody else, because, like, I think Japan always gets it, and then everybody else. So, I, but I, but I don't I don't know the availability in South America or that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, I bring this up only to say, like, uh, just if you're skeptical about maybe the $40 price tag, there's, like, maybe between 10 and 15, like, unique monsters, but there's a bunch more subspecies and iterative content than than that. Um, I I will disagree fundamentally, and I say this a lot. I feel that subspecies typically are actual new monsters. Not dude, that's Toby Kodachi. (laughs) No, there's more to it, and I will tell you why. They have new attacks, but you know. I mean, they aren't like the (laughs) lamest subspecies that they used to have, where it's like Tan Blanganga. Okay, yeah. yeah. Red Gravios, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, um, uh, one, another thing I noticed um, moving through the story it is that there's a lot of... Gravios. <laughs> Go ahead. Murder death, Rikidios. Um, is that there's, they use a lot of uh, expeditions as um, sort of storytelling devices. Yes. Which wasn't unheard of. They did that some in World, but then it just became... Uh, you know, assign quest, assign quest, assign quest, assign quest. But yeah, they use the expeditions quite a lot. Yeah, even more, even more so in the world. Um, and I, it's definitely a lot more forgiving uh, to introduce people to G rank without that hard um, three faint uh, denial clock. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the uh, Beatotis that you're kind of forced to fight in an expedition, I think I carded like four times, but that's also because I refused to heal because it was a expedition. <laughs> I've gotten out of that habit, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it is forgiving going into expeditions and I, I get kind of lazy when it's an expedition. <laughs> um, and just some other minor changes is I feel like the, they tweaked the the speed at which you gather tracks on the run, uh, so you can just grab multiple of them uh, rapid fire now, 
which I feel like that wasn't a thing in the world because you had to wait for the animations, but I guess I could be wrong. I feel um, like they're the same, and I think it's it's more noticeable, and you said you haven't got a lot of experience with this yet, uh, the, when using the tail riders. Because mm-hmm. uh, the tail rider, you're just like on the back of, like let's say, a Jagras or a Shamos or whatever you know, small monsters in the area. And um, it's like basically you tell it, hey, I want to follow this monster, so that, like it just goes. And you can like look at your map, you can sharpen, you can like drink your potions and just like not worry. You're like, literally like taking a monster taxi to wherever you want to go. It's really cool. But um, you can also gather tracks along the way, and they tend to walk uh, where the other monsters walk. So you can just spam circle and pick up the tracks. Um, you do have an animation because you will miss tracks um, uh, at, from time to time, or miss like uh, like if there's a track like right in front of Honey, you will miss that Honey, like uh, because you're too busy picking up the track. Now, granted, that has always been a short animation time, especially for just like footprints, um, but you can't pick up the bigger ones like the scratches, the feather clumps, uh, that kind of stuff. The ones that give you a lot more. Um, like on the bar, the investigation bar. Um, yeah, the, those ones you actually had to jump off for. Um, but yeah, yeah that's, like, that's why I feel they I made the change. I don't think it changed that much. It's because but, tail riders, they wanted to have you be able to grab things as you're running past when you don't really have control of that um, uh, uh, fanged wyvern. Right, but there's still an animation there. I don't I don't feel like it's been slowed up, or sped up, but... Um, Eh, it could have been like, but it's such a short animation to begin with. Like, eh, maybe. <laughs> like, it could be. <laughs> I haven't really done the math, so nor will I. I'm <laughs> just gonna admit that now. <laughs> oh man. Um. So uh, the uh, the there was a bit of a thing from the beta where they didn't have a lot of the endemic life here. Um, so there's actually a lot more stuff in the Horfrost Reach in particular uh, that wasn't in the beta, um, which includes the moon slugs, uh, the prawns, and the duffel penguins. And the duffel penguins, that was like that was like horror on a hunt, because I remember you were talking about penguins for a long time from like the trailers and stuff, and you're like, are those penguins? Like, is there gonna be penguins in the game? Oh right, um, I remember. It, um... And. Uh, it was nice it, to finally see them in the game. <laughs> Be like, yeah, Harv was right. There's penguins. Well, I mean, they were they were in the in the what it was was they were in the in the scenery the, the backdrop um, mm-hmm. in the beta, but they actually despawned the endemic life, um, certain forms of it, from the play space, uh, yeah. which I really appreciate because it adds like a new element of surprise and. Um, and, like, discovery to the actual launch of the game on top of the beta. Right. Um, and, yeah, it's just it's just a detail they really didn't have to do. But it's it's really appreciable. Yeah, I, uh, I, um, I've been enjoying the endemic life uh, a lot more than I felt I was going to, especially with the endemic life crown hunting. Um, I was very skeptical about this. In fact, we had a bit... I actually cut it out of the podcast because it felt like a little much. I don't know if you went back and listened to Haru, but... I was did very, you cut it? Yeah, I did cut it. Um, with me, like, having a tantrum. Because it, it, it just... I don't know. It felt very forced. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, anyways, um... The, uh... 
it's just like I, I like to do the crown hunting now i like the idea of it and i've always liked the idea of it but i never put uh enough care uh into the earlier games to do it because i mean it's daunting it's a lot of work um and then when they announce the endemic life crown hunting and i'm like but what about the crakes and all the super rare endemic life and one thing i kind of didn't account for um is that like getting crowns for endemic life you actually see the differences very clearly um even though i missed it i am positive that one of the coral highland little hummingbird things you know what i'm talking about little red birds yeah the the coral bird uh the large ones are actually a lot more darker uh they actually have like a different coloration to them i do notice this like it's very noticeable on what's a crown and what's not a crown uh for instance a large duffel penguin is a good 25 percent bigger than any other duffel penguin it's like severely noticeable do you Um, mean the uh, male species of uh coral bird the purple one you could be yeah it got away it's a a rare spawn in those clouds of birds okay but it was significantly larger like significantly so so it could that could just be coincidence but no i feel like the rare spawns definitely do have increased chances of um variant sizes right yeah because else it would drive you insane right Mm -hmm. trying to get those crowns um i've already got quite a few i think uh there's some things that are environmental help, like the paratoads, the sleep toads, the flashflies, all that kind of stuff that you kind of use. You actually can get them for endemic life, and they actually have crowns. So I haven't been using them. I've been capturing them for crowns. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I have never used a firefly. I've just captured them all, and everyone's like, where are the flashflies? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's actually been kind of interesting because, uh, like I was saying, I, I didn't take into account how quick it is to get things versus crown hunting a bit larger monster is a whole hunt, right? Uh, it's right. like, it's a lot of prep work, but you can just grab the endemic life as you go. You can literally sit on the back of a another monster running and just have your uh, net equipped and just shoot things as you're flying by. Like, it's not near as hard as I felt it was going to be. So I'm actually quite happy about that. Now, granted, it's still going to be a lot of work. I'm still going to have to look for those rare spawns, uh, especially something like the Downy Crakes and the Bristly Crake and that kind of stuff. I'm going to have to find them again uh, and then get their size charts. And the fish have sizes, too. Because, uh, funny story, there is a uh, endemic life, uh, the Piscean researcher, the fisher dude, you remember him? Uh, yeah, one of the quest givers. Yeah, the one little endemic quest giver guy. Uh, he actually asked you to get a certain fish as the, like, the first initial Iceborne quest for him. Uh, Uh, the Glass Paraxis. Yes, that one. Uh, my first one was a small crown. So I was like, oh, that's very nice. (laughs) That's very nice that that happened. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot more enjoyable than I thought, thought it was going to be. Um, which is a pleasant surprise because that's kind of been the way Monster Hunter World has always been. It's always been better than I expected. Like, like we were just talking about that with the, you know, it's bigger than we expected. And, you know, when a world first launched, it was better than I expected because I had a lot of reservations. 
Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, so um, I just wanted to remark. I remember actually saying um, when we when we talked about the core frost rage in the beta mm-hmm. uh, that I remember actually remarking how lifelike it felt. So it's hilarious, like with you saying your expectations are being exceeded. That it felt lifelike to me, even with a bunch of stuff despawned. Right. And yeah. um, we'll get into it in, in future episodes when everyone's further in the game. But the Horfrost Reach, who oh boy, what an area! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're gonna t- kind of take it slow on talking about uh, spoiler kind of stuff. Uh, mostly so that people can catch up. Uh, and also, that's a lot of content to talk about, like, right out the gate. So we're going to try to sort of pace ourselves about what we talk about a little bit, just so we can take a little more time to talk about things. Uh, one thing I feel that we didn't do justice in Monster World is talk about some of the newer monsters a lot, uh, especially something like Gerotatus. Even though, like, not a lot of people are excited about that monster, I really liked it, but I didn't really talk about it a lot because it was like, okay, it's done, bye. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't go back to it unless you're crown hunting it, but it, it, it's not a big monster. Um, however, uh, side note, I actually had to farm some Gerotatus. You actually helped me, Haru, uh, and I actually had to help my brother farm it because there's actually decent weapons that come out listeners, of Gerotatus. Listeners, feel my pain. Iceborne had already come out, and Fortune was forcing me to form Gerotos. Shh, come on. It was fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't hate it, but it's not what I want to be doing. But I'm, yeah. I'm happy you got your water rifles. I got two of them, because they had two branches that were really helpful. They got me the Barrieth hammer and the uh, uh, Coral Puke hammer, which we will be talking about both of those monsters today. Um, so yeah, uh, so without, um, uh, one last note, um, before we get into the couple monsters that we're going to talk about today, uh, Salina got built super fast. It was, it was funny in the, um, in the quests, how they have you fly over to the Horfrost Reach, and your hunters, of course, immediately ditch the, uh, the buffeted, uh, airship, and when you, when you find the, the landing spot for it. It literally like fades to black and fades up, and and the whole the whole town is built, but it has scaffolding <laughs> on top of it, as if it's yeah. still under construction, even though everything's intact. Right. Which it's an expansion. I don't expect them to do like multiple stages. Or something like that would be a lot of work, but it's just very funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a little. It, it was a little like yada yada. <laughs> it was like oh, okay, it's here now. Um Especially with the, the same way with the caravan quest. It's like, hey, we don't have enough supplies. Do this, and now we have a caravan. Um, like, okay. Uh, I'm not saying we needed to have that stupid um, Monster Hunter World caravan quest that we had in Wildspire Waste, but yeah. Like, it, it felt a little more believable, at least. <laughs> oh, um, and the... Um, speaking of that, the... Uh... The Palico uh, Popo carts that run through town. Mm-hmm. That was such a great detail, I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the town itself is pretty uh, bustling. There's a lot of people running around. You can talk to a lot of different people. Um, it's laid out uh, pretty well. It's not as spread out as the uh, Astera 
and it's it's nice to sort of be like okay i want to go over here i want to go over here i want to go over here and you know you don't have to there's so many boxes everywhere too so you don't even need to worry about like oh i need to go clear on the other side of the map to change my build or whatever you know whatever you want to do change my weapon Um, yeah i'm definitely still getting used to finding all that stuff but i've also enjoyed how uh compact it is yeah. Um, loses a little bit compared to like the the botany center in World or in Estera. Uh, yeah. Which had sort of like a, this whole like verdant theme to it. Um, but you know I like it. Like in the even in the there's little details like in the back of the um, those little caravans of supplies. You see like hunters just like sitting on the on the back stoop of the wagon and riding along like like Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh. It's definitely like it's definitely uh, it's got some care put into it uh, and some thought for gameplay wise too. Like what you're saying, it's a little more compact and we can get to it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like our last uh, general note. So we'll get what's, into what's that, Fortune? What's I, what? I hear it. It's song. It's no, here. Volcana, the legend. We're not talking about Volcana tonight. Cause I, um, I just I just wanted to briefly note um, when they introduce Vilcana uh, early in the story, uh, they they call it the Iceborn Wyvern. Title drop. Yep. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> I was just curious how you felt about that, since uh, Monster Hunter is very particular about dragons and wyverns and things. Uh, yeah, that bothers me. Because yeah, it's it's clearly a dragon. Like the it's weird that the game actually correctly classifies these things like dragon four legs wings, right? So it's technically six limbs, right? And then wyvern two legs arm wings. That's four four limbs. Like there's a big difference. And of course they like fanged wyverns don't have wings, but whatever right like it's their own sort of like universe but like yeah they actually within their own nomenclature misconstrued Valkana this classification I think I think I kind of like it it's it's more of like a romantic definition of wyvern than a literal definition or romanticized I get what you're saying they're kind of playing loose with the term it's just you know someone who writes ecologies for fun it's I like being specific about these kind of things because there are terms for it. <laughs> there are literal, t- literally like terms. They mean different things, and like technically, the fan, the fanged wyverns could be called lindworms because they're basically flightless dragons, just just have four legs, they're, like stuff like that. Um, <laughs> still don't know yeah. what, what why it's iceborne though. Still, yeah, st- still no clue. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I'd like to talk about the first, uh, like, sort of batch of monsters you deal with in Iceborne. Uh, and the very first one you end up, like, uh, fighting to, surprising to me, was Beatotus. I kind of felt like he would come a little later, but he's literally the first one. Um, so Beatotus, uh, as to, to many people's, um, I don't know, chagrin or however you want to say it is just another piscine wyvern like i I don't i don't i I just don't understand why uh why why people like hate on the piscine wyverns like okay yeah plesioth had a bad hip check and like 
the first and second generation and then like it got better in third and then better in fourth but like this is this is one of the few times that i like to tell people to just like get good at dodging it it's always been that way like (laughs) i've never been like hey get good bro but i'm like eh, no you just got to learn how to deal with it it's just the way it is well there's Um, a difference between like get good like attitude and uh just telling people to tolerate parts of the game that are different than the core experience like people get very upset about underwater combat or like things that make them play differently <laughs> uh, in a I game in a larger game. I feel that's weird though, right? Because it's like they were. A, this is a bit of a sidetrack, but like I feel it's weird to get like upset about water combat because like oh it was something new I didn't like, and it's like I mean I don't like the clutch call that much. <gasps> Shocker! I just don't like it, but I'm not going to sit here and complain about it like what like whatever it's a new mechanic that adds some cool things but in general i'm kind of like eh i don't really like using it that much like a lot of other people use it um most of the time pretty well there are some people who spam it and spam it and just get killed because they don't understand that you shouldn't do it all the time but what is this (laughs) capcom a new feature to show me a new side of the game how dare you how dare you right. make me play the game differently? But I don't. Uh, but I don't bemoan the fact that it's there. Like, it's good that they put something new in to try to change up the gameplay. It's an interesting thing. I just, you know, just don't like its execution that much. Right. But like, the 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 water combat. I liked it, but like, it doesn't matter. If I liked it. Like, it was. It brought us some really cool monster designs and some really cool things. Like. I don't I don't get that mentality. But uh Beatotus is indeed a Piscean Wyvern. Um and I find him kind of unique. Um because he's the first time that a Piscean Wyvern really cared about breaking his parts, right? So in the history of Monster Hunter, at least the main series, there's not been a lot of Piscean Wyverns. We've had Cephalos and Cephadrome, you've had Plesiath, and those were like the only ones for a long time. And then we got um Gyrotodus, which I was surprised we got a Piscean Wyvern in World. Granted, it was weird. Oh, I forgot. We got Lavaseeth in Generation 2. And Lavaseeth is a whole different monster in older Monster uh, Monster Hunter games. Like, way different. Uh, like, way different from what he is in World. Um, but, um, so we have, like, Lavaseeth, we have the Gyrotodus, and then we have um, Beatotis, who comes in, and it's it was actually interesting because you like you want to do something instead of just breaking his parts, just to break the parts and get like you know like in some games subquests done or just get like okay I'm looking for Grand Fin so I need to break his back like not, there's a point to breaking his legs because you don't get the ice blight anymore and that's something used in other monsters, but it hasn't been used in a Piscean weapon yet. So it actually kind of makes the fight a little bit different, a little more fun. Um, I like his design a lot. Um, the sort of like play on a shark fin, it being its horn. Um, so it kind of like pushes the snow out from its sides, uh, as it's, you know, sort of like barreling through the snow. Now, granted, yeah, it's kind of that weird monster hunter thing where it digs into solid ground, which would be even, like, kind of more impossible. Because it's permafrost. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's tundra, basically. Like, the... Would take you hours. Right, but... But, you know, fantasy logic. 
but yeah, it, it is still an interesting concept, right? And um, I find it really weird that you can clutch call onto him while he's doing the, the the flippy stuff to get his snow back on and you don't get knocked off. You literally go underground with him in some point, so you're like, why am I still on? Meanwhile, like, if you clutch call onto Diablos while he's digging, it just kicks you off. It's just like, bye! Well, actually, I think the of... I think the implication with Beethoven is that it's swimming in the snow, not not burrowing. Kind of thing. It's of it. true. Obviously, the snow is not that deep because you're standing on it chest high. Like, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of there's a little <laughs> bit of worst. funny business. Right. Um, but yeah, like I actually like Beethoven. Um, uh, I enjoy the fight. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not obviously. It's not the most challenging because it's literally the first thing that we fight in Master Rank. Um, like it's like hey uh peace out you know third fleet uh leader um i'm gonna go fight this like (laughs) um so like it's uh it's just i don't know i find it i find it interesting and again i like most monsters in, in, in the whole series excluding one so like i have a little bit of a bias here but like I felt there was something new to it, right? It's not just a Geratatus in the snow. There's more to it than that. Uh, and albeit Geratatus is kind of boring, right? Uh, we did have to fight him, but that's because he actually has decent weapons. Um, I didn't really build a lot of Beatotus armor, but it looks really cool. Like, uh, it's like really cool looking for like an entry level monster. That's not normally a thing. Like the the Kutku armor. Do you remember seeing that stuff, Haru? Like, it looks doofy as, as hell. Oh, right. The weird, like, folds of flesh. And it's all pink. Yeah. That looks doofy. Especially the helmet. The helmet has, like, his ears on it. So that you look like you're wearing, like, giant fans on the side of your head. I'm so curious to see uh, what that Garuga armor is going to look like. Because it's the same sort <laughs> of design. But in HD, yeah. like, what even... What even is that? Right. <laughs> But yeah, um, so that's that's Beatotis. Um, the I next the, one. Uh, Go ahead. I, li- Sorry. I liked how it was uh, sort of its color scheme, and that yeah. sort of deep, uh, almost cobalt blue, uh, with the sort of reddish um, and yellow underbelly, uh, sort of like a salmon kind of a mm-hmm. motif. Um, we'll say I, I enjoy the monster. It's it's definitely uh, an interesting fight. Um, we'll say. It's a little bit ridiculous to just fight just a fish in the snow. Oh come on! <laughs> it's a little bit. It it just it just seem it looks cold to me. I just I think it needs a blanket. It needs some little doggy clothing. Okay, yeah. So it's it's not ridiculous <laughs> like any other monsters is is entirely not ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, it's it's a little bit far fetched, but that's just the point of playing a fantasy game. It's just a little bit out of you know out of the norm. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, you seem to have a lot to say about the next one, uh, Bonborough. So our uh, our, our entry level brute wyvern. So Bonborough, um, probably one of the first. Uh large furry monsters we've gotten. Uh, I guess there's Barioff, but <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of hard to tell, because the series kind of stretches back into that point where you can't really render any fur. Well, the largest furry monster... So, Barioff... Barioff had, like, it was a mix. 
Gameth is a big one, a giant one. Oh right, Gameth, and, yeah. And then the monkeys have always had fur. Oh right, the mon- yeah, that's two. Um, okay, well the the first furry monster no is Tobigodachi. A furry monster in a certain point in time that is occurring in real life. They're not. They're not common. I'll give you that. They're not common in the game because yeah, it, it just it's it's striking that it's different. Um, yeah, uh, and it sort of sets the tone for the sort of Viking uh, far north expansion. Um, yeah, uh, Banbro appears in all of the areas as an invading monster, even though it's the second monster you fight in the uh, story. Yeah, it is. It is a master one rank monster. It is like the lowest tier of master rank monsters, and it's just everywhere, which is weird. Uh, I was thinking about this today. Um, so we get Beatoto, uh, we get Bonbro everywhere, right? Have you seen a Beetlejuice yet? Because I haven't. Have you seen a master rank Basil Geese? Uh, no. And you seen their um in their endemic life notes that um, that they aren't that they don't spawn the Horfrost Reach uh, Devil Joe and Basil, Basil Geese uh, don't roam there uh, presumably to uh, make it feel uh, uh, more different uh, differentiated from the me? base game are you kidding like okay I understand that B- Basil Geese wouldn't do that but like Devil Joe like that was one of his things is like the ice maps because he would chunk the ice balls at you yeah it's kind of a strange choice um, with Devil Joe but I think they just wanted to differentiate it um, sure and uh, but back to Boundborough um, uh, it appears in all the areas and it's central gimmick is that it's uh, from the beta you'll know it has these horns and pushes around boulders and digs up trees and things. Uh, and lo- just like Devil Joe, it has different effects depending on the area. Um, so in the ancient forest, uh, and it's usually depending on like the, where it's standing when it does that attack animation, is what I've yeah. tri- I think I've uh, discerned. Well, uh, it's so- also what it's in its path, right? Because if it hits a tree on the way, it'll pick up the tree. Yes, but it's not like a percentage chance. It's depending, it's it, it, the actual location of it matters. Yes, yes. Um, so in the ancient forest, it just picks up uh, normal normal rocks and um, logs, especially in the more wooded areas of the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, the same as the Horfrost Reach without uh, ice blight. Uh, in the Wildfire Waste, though, it has sort of a sandy tint to the rocks. And uh, it, and then there's uh, in the watery areas it'll pick up mud, uh, muddy rocks, and it'll spawn the bear off um, sort of mud slicks that trap you. Yeah. Yep. Um, in the coral highlands, the only thing I'm able to get it to do is blue rocks so far. Um, there might be more, but I just haven't gotten there yet. Oh, and you see little bits of coral too stuck into the rocks. So that's kind of a neat detail. Yeah. I haven't actually fought him in the Coral Highlands, um, but I have seen him there. Yeah, he's, he spawns a lot um, in, the, in the expeditions. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Rotten Vale, he'll pick up uh, these uh, sort of a mixture of rocks and bones and effluvium. And um, not only will they give effluvium, I, I believe it, they do, um, but but they'll when he slams them down they'll they'll shoot off those little uh, bone spikes that Rotoban's actions uh, create, which can sort of like 
uh, trip you if they smack into you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll just recess. I was, I was expecting, like, oh, it's going to be, like, crystal, it's going to be, like, uh, uh, columnar basalt. Uh, no. Just a very round boulder that's just burning. And, um, <laughs> and it, uh, it just explodes when he slams it down. And it shoots off little smaller shrapnel pieces, uh, in a forward arc. And it doesn't seem to matter whether he's in a crystal area or a earthen area or a fiery area. It's just it's always explosions. always on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I'd like to uh, mention about Bonborough is it's one of the rare cases where we see a large monster that's actually an herbivore. Um, not many of those in the series because for some True. reason in Monster Hunter we hunt a lot of predators. And a lot of predators. Like, well, I mean, predator... how do you make a subspecies? Like, it gets angrier. It gets more aggressive. It gets more violent. <laughs> That's always the explanation. And yeah. so the series is sort of biased towards that uh, survival of the fittest sort of aesthetic. Right, but when, you know, you have something like Diablos or Durambaros or a lot of O's that are... Uh, but yeah, like there's, it's very rare to have uh, herbivores um, to be these sort of large target monsters. Um, but I'm glad to see another one sort of enter the the series because it's like I don't know. I'm not like it. it just makes it it, it it kind of fills that ecological niche for me because it's like okay, so like why are there so many predators? <laughs> we need some more herbivores. Like it's all it can't just all be Kelby. <laughs> or Aptonoth, like, oh man, I'm surprised Aptonoth hasn't gone extinct. They've been, you know, hunted to, almost to death for 15 years. <laughs> nah, man, you watch the Monster Hunter 3 opening, there's like 11 million of them. It's true. I mean, even the Monster Hunter 1 opening, you'll see like a sweeping scene of like a valley, oh, right. and the there's like skybox. thousands of them. Like, okay, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, we don't see a lot of them represented in target monsters, which kind of feels, I don't know. It's kind of a letdown for me, but I'm glad that Bonbro is another one. Uh, I do like that he likes to um, use the hot spring, too. Just sort of like, ah, this feels better kind of thing. <laughs> he's uh, he's an interesting monster, for sure. Uh, I like his horns, too. The, that armor set, um, it was indeed him, you know, when we saw the original spoiler. Oh, yeah, we knew that. Teaser. Well, yeah, we, we did know that, but, like... It does, you know, it is very much that Viking braided beard look, the horns, and yeah, it's it's a pretty cool armor set. Um, yeah, unfortunately, however, not a lot of unique weapon models for Bonvero. Um Yeah. Well, not unique, but like it, it is that sort of modifications of the bone. Uh, yeah, trees. That was. Did you? I I know you haven't. I've had to. I've had to stop being on Twitter because of uh, um, said spoilers. Um, but did you happen to see that Gaijin Hunter put out a video about how he's unhappy about the weapon designs? Still? Yeah, of course he did. Oh, well, it kind of makes sense, right? Because, like, the same tree of, like, so, like, the big example is that Bracadius weapons, for the most part in the game, look like old-style Bracadius weapons for like half of the weapons the other half look like bracadius parts slapped onto the bone like you're talking about right here like the the bone variation so like 
the dual blades is I think is the worst example where it's just like okay it's some bones with some bracadius parts on them but like the dual blades uh, from like previous entries are like way cooler like way cooler looking um, so like I don't know I every time we, like it's kind of neat to be like okay so here's the progression of this tree so we're you know we're modifying it to this weapon I kind of see what they're going with it but like you're kind of you're kind of losing the pizzazz there that like of the really cool looking ar- armor and weapons sometimes like I don't have any complaints with the armor so far I don't think I've seen an armor set that I'm like that's dumb looking um or like super mundane uh for the the most part all the armors that I've seen have been pretty good um but the weapons sometimes are a little lacking um yeah, the armors I mean, when you get higher ranks too. There's um, there's some really exciting ones like Vulcana, Of course, we've all seen. It looks really it's crazy. Um, yeah, looks like the Lich King. <laughs> yeah, sort of. And they did do they get? Um, I don't believe Bonborough has one, but they do start having set bonuses and uh, more interesting things. Right. Uh, it takes a while to get set bonuses. I think the first one you fight in Master Rank that has a set bonus, I think it's available to you as Rathian. And then... Um, well, Baryoth, too. Has got, like, yeah, a stamina Baryoth. thing or something. No, no, he's got his critical draw. Not um, punishing draw, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for, like, instance, I'm actually using a Diablo set right now, and the Diablo set actually has um, the... Uh, what What is that? Stun like stun pro or whatever basically helps you stun monsters better bludgeoner kind of i don't remember it's some skill like that ko something and it allows you to max uh to extend the max from three to five is the set bonus so you can now have like five ranks into it instead of three oh for the slugger um yeah the slugger there you go okay so that's a new set bonus because um yeah it is a new set bonus um i know a lot of armors like that like uh uh i know we're we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because we're not going to be talking about these monsters but glavinus is the same way he's just like extend the skill kind of thing it's like okay it's neat it's different but um i don't know i expected uh some other set bonuses (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's for a lot of the returning monsters. Things like Vulcana, though, have uh, very interesting um Yeah, I haven't effects. seen that one yet, because I haven't, I haven't fought him. Um, Man, yeah, I, it's really interesting. I want to talk about it later, but it's really interesting how they interact with um, some of the new moves. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's that's Bonbro, uh, my, my, my lovable herbivore, Brute Wyvern. Um, the next one, uh, I'm definitely more excited about this than, than Haru because it's just a subspecies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, Viper Toby Gidachi. Um, this thing is menacing looking in the in the cutscene. Um, and it's not like, oh, it's super... Because, I mean, we fought Toby Gidachi, right? And he moves the same way. He's like a, very much a predator, right? Um, that sort of stalking, skulking, like, wolf uh sort of aesthetic like i'm going to slowly look at you or more like a hunting cat i would say um and it's like okay i'm just going to slowly stalk you and then just like sort of lash out and attack um the reason why i find viper topikidachi uh very interesting is it it adds a new mechanic to poison 
that I don't think has happened in the series, unless I'm mistaken and it's happened in Frontier, one of the offshoots. Um, Deadly Poison has been a thing, but Deadly Poison is um, like like basically the master rank thing of poison. It's just a better poison, right? Because poison can be bad, but like it's like, okay, I gotta, you know, it's, it's annoying, but sometimes you can kind of sort of muscle through it and not worry about it. Um, like, uh, deadly poison, no. You need to take care of it, and you need to take care of it now, or you're going to die. Toby Kadachi applies poison, but he applies deadly poison if you're hit by a second poison attack. And he does this a lot with the uh, the spines that sort of fly off of him, so the thorns uh, on his tail, when he does some sweeping tail attacks and some flips and stuff. So it's a new mechanic in the game that is kind of like just like subtly put in there of like okay stacking debuffs you know what i mean um like that's kind of not been a thing it's like you get the debuff it's done right you don't have to worry like now there's an extra layer of like okay maybe i can deal with the poison and not worry about it but now there's an extra risk of you getting deadly poison if you don't take care of it um so i i felt that was a new interesting layer mechanically um Toby, uh, Viper Toby Kodachi himself, uh, he's a very weird monster as far as like behavior goes, because uh, he's not like hyper aggressive unless you mess with him. Which I think that's the same with Toby Kodachi, am I right? Like he doesn't really attack you unless you start attacking him. Doesn't Viper attack you in the intro, in the quest? In the intro, yes, but in the general, like, have you ever just saw him in like other things? Like right, so yeah, he runs the Horus Reach a bunch. Um... Yeah, it's weird that that's he would attack you then. If, huh. I I don't know the justification. Some of it isn't always the best. You know what I mean? He just it's didn't like, oh. like the tracker. Right or something. Uh, so like the he won't attack you right away, but he does some like cool things. Like all obviously all the monsters like they'll go drink water and that kind of stuff. But um, he actually watches the fish if you ever sit there and watch him. Like, he actually sits down in front of that, the sort of green water. Uh, that's why you actually find his tracks uh, around that place a lot. He actually sits down, curls up his tail, and just sort of has his head up, like, watching the fish. Like, almost for, like, entertainment and that kind of stuff. So I found that, like, really cool. He has, like, some cool behavioral things that, um, you know, like, obviously a lot of us just get in there... We either ignore the monster because we don't need it or we fight it. But I've been doing a lot of sort of like goofing around and looking at things as part of part of the reason why I haven't progressed also. Uh, and I just sort of followed him to see what he would do. And like he sat down. He's just like having like a lazy day apparently. I really don't know what he eats. Like I don't know what he like tries to eat other than I think he attacks some popo at some point. But Well yeah I mean there's so many uh, popo in Teco. Probably yeah. Everything um, eats. Yeah, it's just like, but he doesn't do it too often. Like he seems to not eat very often, but it kind of makes sense because he's snake-like, right? Snakes don't eat too often. Um, but yeah, he's also uh, interesting because he also has par- uh, paralysis on top of poison. In the bite. <laughs> yeah, his bite is uh, paralysis, which Toby could poison or not poison. Sorry, uh, para- uh, use paralysis. Um, but like it's interesting to have paralysis and poison together. Now, I don't know this because I don't use dual blades, but do they have a dual blade that is both paralysis I think Toby Kanachi just inflicted paralysis as a consequence of Thunderblade, then. Maybe. 
I thought it came from his bite attack, like uh, Viper. No. It's been a while. I don't believe so. It's been so. a while since I've regularly fought Toby. I fought one in Iceborne uh, because I needed to make a hammer. Sort of like how Karen can paralyze you. Yeah. Yeah. Kieran, yeah, he's a jerk about that. He paralyzes a lot of people. <laughs> but yeah, like that that was I actually like Viper Toby a lot. Uh just like I like its personality. I like the design. I like that sort of like rust monster look. Uh if you're a D and D fan. Like that sort of like rustic like autumn sort of look look that he has. Uh it it fits very well the sort of like lower cave area. It almost looks like the rotten bale at the bottom. Uh, you know, very dirty and brown and uh, yeah, it's still like vibrant for sure. It's not like uh, the browning of video games in the in the two thousands. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I just like the I like the look. I like the the more like earthy tones that he has. He doesn't stand out that much. But when we get something the snow, he stands out. But almost everything does. Um, yeah, so yeah I, I, I didn't like this monster because its ecology doesn't really make any sense. It's a tree squirrel that only appears in the Arctic for some reason, in the caves, where there's nothing to oh, climb. Oh, there's, there's... But he, he makes up for and it by gliding. And if you go into uh, G-Rank Tobikodachi, you see it has this very nice change. Its spine, its fur is all standed up, st- stood up, and it's glowing yeah. almost more in the vein of Zenogre. Um... And, you know, it'll do more attacks as it climbs onto trees, and it doesn't destroy the original theme of the monster, uh, just to create a red Tobikodachi with different elements. I don't know. I like it. I don't feel it really... I could see it being like, okay, because it's, it's not going... Uh, like, you think it's like a Toby got up into that area, right? It's not going to compete with Beatotus, right? Because Beatotus has an advantage in the snow. Sure, there's trees, but those trees are not near as thick as the ancient forest. You know what I mean? Like, it it doesn't have a way to really interact with uh, what it normally would. So I could see it retreating into the caves and sort of using the walls and stuff to, to jump off. And it doesn't really use the walls yeah, that Yeah, it doesn't much, use them in the game. But it does have a lot more standing flips, and, you know, it uses its sort of, like, glider thing to sort of, like... Um, not really maneuver, but aid itself in a more aerial uh, way of fighting. Because like, everyone knows flying creatures face. love caves. Just really, <laughs> just put a ceiling over but them. But it's not a helps. flying creature. It's a, it's more a glider than anything. I mean, it doesn't actually fly. Well, it jumps, it jumps off of the ground into the air and then glides down. So it, it sure. it's, it's the same sort of. It doesn't. There's nothing for it to glide off of. Sure. I don't know. It's obviously a fantasy monster in a fantasy game. They're going to justify it how they want to, but... I don't eh. understand why it's not in the ancient forest as well, at the very least, because that's where it's adapted to be. Like I said, it moved up there. Because it would just be a regular Toby if that was the case. Atlantis Toby could actually make it happen. Well, no, no, no. They have other subspecies that are in their original area without changing them. And they maintain and reinforce the ecology. Just not these three. Um, well, I mean, there's for different reasons, right? Like, Black Diablos is sort of like a mating cycle thing. Um, stuff like that. 
this one I feel is like, but Black Diablos isn't changed from Diablos except for some moves. Like, <laughs> it's like the same. Like, ecologically, it's the same monster, right? But like, uh, I see Viper as like an adaptation to a new environment, right? The, you know, like the coloration fits the underground and that kind of stuff. It's, I don't know. I, but then again, I like a lot of most monsters. Um, so uh, the next one is Nightshade uh, Palumu. Um, did you have any strong feelings one way or the other about this one? The first time in the story, the hunter goes to sleep. <laughs> this monster could have just killed him or her. Uh, could have just, just eaten you. But it just puts you to sleep because it's not a... I guess it's still not a predator. It's a herbivore. It's an herb an herbivore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another another good representation of herbivores. Yay. Yeah, it's a defense mechanism. That makes sense. Yeah. Um I liked the gimmick of uh sort of shooting out the sleep gas in the place of Palumu's wind breath. Um and then creating these persistent clouds of sleep gas on the ground. And then uh, it sucks in air, which can move the sleep gas. Um, it can either suck it in, which is sort of all the sleep gas in the area sort of rolls towards it, and it can blow down on the ground, which says, but sends it spreading out from it. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely... It reminds me of um, uh, Camellias in the way that it manipulates the poison clouds. Yeah, Marius and Lunastra. Yeah, it, it just like bring it in, bring it in. Okay, now disperse it, uh, that kind of thing. I I, I like the uh, design of it, where it, it it does have that sort of defense mechanism where it puffs up, right, and makes it look like a giant owl <laughs> or that kind of thing. It's like, hey, don't look at me. <laughs> like I'm bigger than I look. Um, it's a uh, it's a it's not too much different of a fight though um and i actually feel like the master rank uh just like regular palumu is a bit harder <laughs> um yeah probably but um it does have a lot more a lot more unique to it than um i think yeah. viper has like the tailspin and he leaps in the air and does that thing and just yeah. the statuses like I think, yeah. I think that how it can control the battlefield is interesting, uh, even yeah, though it has yeah. nothing to do with the Wildspark waste. It's just there a for lot reasons. Of, a lot of zoning. Um, well, see, like I was saying, you know, before we saw the game, I think it makes sense if it was a nighttime creature, right? Like if it was only in the nighttime, but because of the way the game works, I don't think they like to do that, so it just appears. Although, like, well, the quest starts just... you at night. Yeah, so like, okay, but yeah, that, like, it makes sense to me that, like, it's a nighttime creature, because a lot of, there's a lot of uh, nocturnal creatures in the desert. Right. Just because of the heat. Um, so, it kind of makes sense, but the sort of the, the, the day and night mechanics, how, you know, much quicker they are uh, in world, um, like, it kind of defeats it, defeats it, but. I don't know. Like, I, it's another one of those stretches of logic <laughs> that we've been talking a lot about this podcast. Like, yeah, like to go on to that train. Um, 
Palumu eats the coral eggs that uh, float in the air in the uh, coral islands. What is it eating in the um, wildfire waste? Like, th- there's night in the coral islands. It could have just been a Palumu upgrade that um, hangs out there. Sure, but that didn't bring us you know, monsters in new areas like they want to do mechanically. <laughs> um, well, they didn't, they didn't do that either. They said specifically only the wildfire waste for some reason. Yeah. Um, Whereas Fulgrange and Athen get sort of like invader monster status. Yeah. Well, I mean, Coral Puke Puke is just in the Coral Islands also. But that makes sense because he's actually called Coral. and <laughs> There's a different uh, mechanic to him that involves, you know, certain things in the Coral Islands we'll get to. but uh, Yeah, that like, actually has an adaptation. Yeah, um... I don't know what Nightshade actually eats at all. Um, and I haven't... Uh, he's probably another one of the ones I haven't fought a lot. Because you kind of look at the weapons and the armor and you're like, okay. I mean, kind of like sleep stuff. Okay. And sleep weapons aren't always the best. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it'll put a monster to sleep, but you're kind of sacrificing you know, whatever elemental damage you could have or even you know some sort of status effect for a big status once in a while to just to get an extra like what is it three times damage once in a while no it's only two times in the world yeah so eh. it's, yeah, like, it's definitely a misfit uh, mechanic right so it's not it's a cool monster it's just not like mechanically it's not a very exciting monster you know what I mean whereas I don't know like getting blast weapons from you know like Bracadius, you know that's an exciting mechanic you know what i mean because blast isn't all too prevalent in the game of course lunastra for a long time was sort of dominating the weapons uh with their blast element but you get what i mean it's like it's not as just useful <laughs> um, um one last thing about mm-hmm. uh, nightshade is uh i think the coloration's fine it has sort of that uh iridescent oil sheen color yeah um the the false eyes the peacock eyes look tacked on (laughs) they're just sort of like on its neck pouch when it's inflated Eh, i don't know about that (laughs) like i'm not sure how much that would really deflect predators i mean that's it's kind of weird because like when you have like a peacock or, or something that has those false eyes in like real world world nature, like us as people, we see through that pretty quickly, right? But other animals don't, and I, I think that's I think that's the the idea is that it's not us as us us as people would see right through that, obviously, because it's like oh yeah, it's just a bigger palumu who's popped up, right? Sure, or, but they or just look, has, and he has like sort of like bluish green googly eyes okay cool that that means nothing to me but like i think that's just meant to be reflective of something in the real world but the problem is like us as people wouldn't really care <laughs> well yeah and just paloma wasn't designed to look natural with weird eyes on its on its uh inflatable neck so it just no. looks kind of over overdone in a way okay I don't know. I thought it was a nice touch, um, personally, but I mean, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's necessary for uh, <laughs> on top of the sleep and everything. You're so, in the yeah, wildfire waste. Just fly up. Nothing can Although, get you. 
it would be kind of interesting if it was actually trying to emulate a Malfestio because Malfestio does put things to sleep. So that would have been cool. Like if it was actually like uh, ecologically like, hey, we're like a false Malfestio. Um, Doesn't Malfestio have, have like false eyes on its wings? You did. Yes. Mm. So right. I don't know the connection there. Um, maybe they were just like, well, we're not going to put Malfestio in, but we'll just sort of slap him on Polymoo. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it would have been cool if it was more of a more of an explanation for it. I, I agree. But yeah, so a monster that does have a good explanation, uh, Coral Puke Puke. It is mm-hmm. a subspecies of this flowering wyvern uh, that drinks from the sort of coral or anemone uh, floors in the uh, lower area of the Coral Highlands and uh, shoots out water both out of its mouth and out of its creepy inflatable tail. Yep, the poison dispenser for the regular Puke Puke. That you never ever see. So it's, it's very exciting to see subspecies fo- uh, emphasize this element of the original monster. Uh, that, that was under underseen, underviewed. Yeah. Um. So, this monster in particular, uh, he's a little bit tougher, I would say. Yeah. Than some some of the other ones, like um, Viper Toby. Even though he can be like in situations, he can sort of like give you, he'd be like, "Oh crap, I got poisoned. Oh crap, I got deadly poisoned. I'm done." But that's like your average mistake kind of kind of death it's not really all that dangerous whereas like nightshade okay he got an extra damage on me with his balloon attack right that's what i call it when you go like a balloon everywhere you know usually when you fall asleep um but coral puke puke like i feel like out of what we've talked about so far is the most dangerous um because there's not a lot of good ways to like if you know what the when the attack is coming you can get out of the way but like his big attack where he sort of you know jets himself up in the air and spirals outwards that's not easy to get to um avoid right yeah you can go in between the spirals just like a Durambros tail like you can go in between as it's going around um but it gets harder to do that because it starts to become more lateral at the same time so it's like you know like maybe i frame dodge it or the the way that i found to do it is clutch claw to him and just wait until he's done and then do whatever you want to do with the clutch claw um which is actually um, for me was the only big use of the clutch claw i found super useful was that attack from coral puke puke um I'll say like, okay. uh, I, I died more times, just surprised due to Viper Toby Kadachi, because the deadly poison two-hit mechanic was never explained, so it was just a bunch of surprise deaths. Um, True. And getting paralyzed and poisoned is just sort of like cheap. Oh yeah, it's it's brutal. Um, it's, it's it's a brutal way to go because you can't do anything about it unless your palico happens to knock you away or a friend. But yeah, I really loved like all of the new. It feels like they gave it. A, Coral Puke Puke, a ton of new animations. Because um, yeah. that, that's, that hula hoop kind of uh, attack animation, it's the first of a couple of um, Teos to Supernova type uh, showstopper attacks in, in Iceborne. Yeah. 
Um, and it's it's fun. It's, it's it reminds me of Durambaros, where you can sort of juke inside of the the spin the expanding spiral of of water, and then you're basically safe if you're underneath it. Yeah. Once it, well, yeah. Once the initial attack goes, you're safe. Unlike Durambaros, where if you're standing next to him and he starts that, you're safe, right? Just avoid right. it the first time. You're good. But yeah, like not with coral. Like coral, you actually have to be out from it and then move in because if you're standing directly below him when he starts it, you're going to get hit, and you're going to get rolled away enough that when you stand up, you're most likely going to get hit a second time and get carded, um, unless you're smart about it and delay your stand up or uh, de- delay it to where it's not coming around and you could roll underneath it or something. Um, because it typically, at least in my experience, knocks you out far enough that it's already becoming quite lateral by the time it gets to you, um, which makes it much more difficult to dodge. Um, so also, like, it's also got kind of a cool attack where it, it shoots water out in front of it. Um, it sort of places its wing arms on the ground, plants them as if it's like breathing dragon breathing fire. But when it's yeah. in rage, it will change this attack. It'll like Puke Puke has a forked tongue, so it'll like. Uh, It'll, while it's breathing water, uh, it'll uh, bring its tongue up in the center of its mouth, which will divide the beams, and they'll sort yeah. of like laser apart as if they're like spreading apart and, and into two different uh, sort of like um, uh, this triangular-shaped uh, cone. Yeah, which is which is a fun way to catch people off guard because because you have to oh, yeah. it chases you if you run to the side like you're supposed to with fr- fr- frontal breath attacks. Um, it, it'll chase you with that uh, dividing motion. Yep, it certainly will. Uh, the uh, the <laughs> there was a bit of a problem that uh, my brother and I had with Coral Puke Puke. Uh, I actually got a tempered one, uh, huh? and it was actually uh, do what? Oh no, this just sounds like a challenge. I didn't. I wasn't able to get any tempered monsters. Yeah, uh, so I got a tempered Puke Puke. We couldn't do it. Like it's it's only a two cart quest. So like one, you get one cart, then it's done, right? The second cart, you're out. Um, uh, so it's it's a difficult difficult quest. Of course, tempered has a damage boost and whatnot. Um, but like we both carted pretty easily. Like once you get hit with water once, you're you're in the danger if you're not at full health. Um, my brother, he was like at eighty percent health, uh, and he has actually a decent water resistance. And he was standing underneath it when it started its attack, which it's kind of hard to tell when it's going to do that that big corkscrew. Uh, but he's standing directly beneath right. it and immediately got killed. And then another time, uh, I got knocked away with the uh, spreading uh, the spreading water. The you know the we just talked about the forked tongue spreading the water uh, two lines. So I got knocked away with the uh, sort of initial shot of that. And then I was rolling. I got up and I was trying to drink a potion. And then he also does the the sort of globs of poison he used to do as water, right? Well, that glob of water hit me at, I'd say I was up to about 60 after healing some. I was still drinking the potion. Uh, 60% of my health bar, which is extended. I do have, like, uh, the vitality booster, too, I think, the second level of it. Um, and so a decent amount of health, and it still killed me. Granted, I have a little bit of water weakness on my armor because I'm wearing Diablo, uh, Diablos and Glavinus pieces. But, um, yeah, they, like, it's tough. Like, like a tempered 
like a tempered one is tough because that water damage is a lot and it does a lot of water attacks like most traditional water like element things don't do a lot of water attacks it's sort of like a jet spray here and there and it's done um, right. he does a lot of water attacks so uh, I suggest if you do a tempered one get some water resistance because my gosh it is really tough I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed um, uh, Coral Puke Puke, and later we'll talk about Acidic Glavinus um, for a self-professed uh, subspecies disliker, because um, they felt more like full monster concepts instead of just like, here's half a monster, or like a, like a fourth of a monster, sort of, sort of not complete. Um, yeah, I find it very rare for a subspecies to be entirely just a skin swap uh as much as people say that um i think the biggest proponents that you know people say are, are there there are some that i feel yes are that but they're not in the world in my belief uh yeah it's, instance, it's usually the earlier uh like monster hunter one and two had a lot of those um the, i think the biggest one is the green nargakuga like i don't know of anything different with green nargakuga I don't, like all the I just, all the gypsoroses and the cravioses and the basarioses, it's all kind of those ones well, are the ones that are pretty similar. Yeah, Gra black gravius is pretty similar, but the problem with black gravius is it was the first time we got the sweeping beam. Like gravius would never go left or right with his beam, never. Uh, <laughs> and then black gravius did, and you're like, oh, this is a new hell because <laughs> you know it's one of those unblockable beams and you're like oh no well you know without guard up but you, you know what i mean it's just like oh no you need to get out of there and older monster hunters eye framing is not the best um so yeah uh <laughs> um we, did you have uh, anything more to say on coral or well we kind of skipped over uh it, it's a very bright monster it's very arresting oh it's, yes uh, it's like bright pink and yellow, and when it enrages, its head goes even brighter pink red. Yeah, like, it's, sort of like original Palomo. Right. Yeah, it's or very, Puke Puke. very crimson, uh, very crimson uh, when it's enraged. It actually looks really, uh, really nice. The uh, hammer that comes off of it is the flower hammer, and I actually use that against Glavinus. And that's yeah, it's a really pretty, pretty nice looking hammer. You're hitting someone with like a, <laughs> like a sunflower. Pretty much, yeah. It's it's uh, it's autumn everywhere with that monster. So bright reds and orange and yellows. I think its armor is just the Puke Puke armor, but tinted like pink, uh, pink orange with um, with water attack and kind of that kind of skills on it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't look into the armor there too much because by the time I was fighting that, I was actually trying to build Diablo's armor because I was like, hey, I'm gonna. I'm going to go for because I'm playing hammer now. I, I used to play longsword a lot, if you didn't know. I've switched to hammer. Um, I don't think I've said that on the podcast yet, actually. Um, like, I, for some reason, whatever reason, like, I just fell in love with the hammer uh, fighting behemoth, actually, and then sort of kind of go from there. Um, uh, so mm -hmm. now I'll be playing that. Uh, Coral Puke Puke was the first armor set I made for Master Rank, um, and okay. 
it, uh, I will say Master Rank, uh, at least in the lower tiers, it feels a lot like older Monster Hunter games in terms of health, health pools. Monsters will yeah. commonly take 20 to 30 minutes to kill now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my first armor set was a mix between Toby Kodachi, Viper Toby Kodachi, and uh, the high metal armor for hearing protection. So that was that was a fun set. Uh, but I've moved on to Diablo, like I said, Diablo and Clavinus at this point. Although I'm not really a fan of my gloves. I need to find better gloves. <laughs> um, so yeah, like Coral Puke Puke, big thumbs up for me, and surprisingly a thumbs up for Haru on a subspecies. Um, so right after that, you get the availability to fight the last monster we're going to be talking about, which is Baryth, uh, one of the returning monsters. Um, this is something that a lot of people said was teased, but it was actually Narga teased. Like I, I, I was, I was excited. The fact let's just, that like, let's just forget that. <laughs> like, I, uh. it, it's ridiculous to me that people thought it was Baryth. And I'm going to bring it up every time because it's weird. But anyways, it was hard to believe that Baryth wasn't going to be in Iceborne because he was the the quintessential ice pseudo-wyvern when we got He up. is the Iceborne wyvern. <laughs> <laughs> he is the Iceborne wyvern, yes. Uh, He's the apex of the Horfrost Reach, which doesn't really mean much since you fight it sort of very early in the story before the rest of the Horfrost Reach even unlocks. And it's weird because Baryth will go to the upper areas that you unlock later. Um, but he only is is accessible in the early areas when you first uh, hunt it. Right. Uh, they beefed him up. Like, the last time we saw him... Well, we was, saw him in Gen Ultimate, but he yeah, was he very was much in, a third gen monster. <laughs> very often Gen Ultimate, I think they kind of... I don't think he ever went back to his blue eyes. I don't think they got all the details right. Um... Because in World, uh, I'm not sure how it used to be, but he will have blue eyes and will turn orange when he enrages. Um, I think it's kind of hard to see in Gen Ultimate, anyway. But regardless, uh, it's a very... Uh, one of the NPCs described it as uh, uh, sort of an uh, an icy knight that uh, is in equal parts strong and agile, which I really liked, yeah. um, just based on how the animations characterize him. Yeah, and despite all the uh, the things that we saw with Tigrex and that kind of stuff in the betas, uh, this is the true, you know, resident apex uh, monster of the Horfrost Reach. Mm -hmm. You know, like just like the Diablos of the Wildspire Waste and, uh, you know, Rathalos of the Forest, Ancient Forest. Like, this is supposed to be our sort of like quintessential apex of the food chain monster. Um and it's tough. It's a tough fight. Um, I think I carded twice, but I was also dealing with my kids at the time. So, <laughs> uh, so that's like uh, a margin of error as children. Right. Yeah. They were also terrified of it in the cutscene. They were legitimately like, oh my gosh, it's so scary. And I'm like, it's okay. It's just a game. Oh, it and looks then, like, like an icy ghost in the cutscene. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, my oldest does not like ghosts at all <laughs> i love that uh, i love that callback to try to how it would appear in the tundras uh the sort of like cliffs of the tundra and it just look down at things it swoop down at them and that's yeah. how it appears here too 
Yeah, well, that's its thing. It's more of a glider than a flyer also. And it it does fly, right? But it's stronger when it's gliding, um, like most pseudo-wyverns. And it's like, it has the it has the high ground. So, <laughs> so it likes to <laughs> pounce, pounce down on uh, prey. And you see that a lot from Tigrex, too, because the way Tigrex is sort of like boom and the older games just lands i haven't fought him in, in world yet aside from the one time i tried him in the beta so like the you could see that a lot in pseudo wyverns where there are they're more quick landers than other wyverns they're like boom they come down and they get just like attack something or kill it um i will say uh as far as like barrieth goes the the attacks are extremely similar to what he used to do uh, with a couple new ones. Um, but the, the the one that stood out the most is sort of like this super pounce that he does where he sort of like curls up like a cat getting ready to jump. You know, they get the like front legs are touching their back legs and he leaps up in the air and just sort of lands on his front feet and then his back feet like on you. And it's uh, it's a pin, I think. At least knocks you on your back like a pin. I, I, I don't actually. Yeah, it knocks you down, um, but it, it's a it's a big uh, it's a big big impact. It like shatters the ground, and if you if you dodge it uh, just narrowly, you'll still get um, tremored. Um, yeah. And and be stuck just sort of looking at it. I I I, I would have to disagree. Um, Barioth felt almost like a new monster to me in the same vein, like about as much new as. Um, something like Coral Puke Puke or Acidic Lavinus did, because um, it had so many new attacks and actions. Um, well, the the Tail Sweep, that's not new, right? The, the 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 Running Pounce, that's not new. The... The Hip Check, uh, which is my favorite thing, that came back. I love yeah, the, the, love the Pseudo-Wyvern uh, Hip Check. Yeah, Hip Check is there. I actually forgot about that until you just said that, but it is there. Uh, the... Flying and shooting tornadoes at you. Uh, now, the one thing it hasn't done is it hasn't done what the uh, desert barrier done and ride the tornado down at you. That's scary. <laughs> but um, I think they took away the ice blight too from its uh, tornadoes. Because did they? I haven't. I haven't got hit by the tornado yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't remember getting ice blight. Because um, it used to snowman you, right? But that's gone. Um, yeah. Snowman, if, uh, for new listeners, is a verb that means encases you in a snowball. Just, uh, well, I mean, the new mudding is different, too. So it used to be, snowman and mudding used to be, it literally encapsulates you in a ball, and all you can do is run. So you're you're about the speed of carrying an egg, which in the older games is a lot worse. It's a lot different. All right? There's a lot different about it. But basically, you couldn't attack. You could only just basically try to break out. And after a time, you would break out. Uh, you couldn't do anything about it. It was just a time sink. You couldn't attack. You could roll, but you couldn't run. You could run, but it wasn't very fast. And it was just like, it was all kinds of bad getting hit by that. Because it, it takes you out of the fight. And you basically have to run defensively at that point. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, that's gone. That that status effect like that is gone in World, so I understand why they took it out for this. But uh, no ice blight, even, which is interesting. Maybe deals ice damage, just not the blight. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. The, the so interesting fact is when the tail sweeps the ground, that causes ice blight. Um, oh, so it still does. Okay, I just didn't notice yeah, that. Maybe so, I was wearing the uh, mantle. And it does it 
not in a nice area. So there is a arena quest for Barrieth. And he will still give you Ice Blight uh, and kick up uh, ice and snow at you with his tail. It's not like his tail produces ice. It's just a, a like a just a gameplay thing of like, hey, it's crushing ice as it's going. Obviously, it was only meant to be in the Horfrost Reach. Yeah. So putting it put it in the arena kind of broke that immersion. But uh, yeah, they never <laughs> they never develop a lot of time for the arena. I think Baroth still kicks up crystals when he chin slams in the arena. Yeah. So yeah, it's sort of like a. Uh, just a hangover from the environment. A yeah. dev, a dev space, like a, yeah. Anyway, um, Baryoth, uh he has this one fascinating animation where he will sort of uh, he'll like he'll like perk up his head and look left as if he's uh, searching for someone or has lost sight of you, but then he'll tail swipe because uh, it's a feint, and then he'll use that motion to spin up into the air and then breathe the tornado down back at you. And it's this really cool, um, uh, just, uh, just, I was just bewildered when I first saw it in the fight. It's like really catches you off guard. I, uh, I saw that attack. I didn't, I don't know. It is, that one is different. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't get faked out by it though, as much as like, I was just like, okay, I guess it was just a different kind of tail swipe. And then he jumps up and I'm like, okay, cool. But with me playing Hammer now, like, I was trying to be near the face, so I was already close to him. So when he did the tail swipe, I just rolled towards him. So I didn't get hit. And then, because I was beneath him when he jumped up in the air, I was already like, okay, well, I'm not... And then he did the tornado, and I was like, okay, I just still didn't get hit. Like, I was just, like, already out of the way, just the positioning of the hammer. But, so I didn't get to see it very well the first time it happened. But um, I have helped a few people with their assigned quest on Barrieth, and I did see it then. And it did catch a couple people off guard and cart them that I was playing with. Um, but yeah, like, it was... I don't know. I didn't notice that one near as much as you, I guess. Like, I um, saw it, but it didn't stand out to me for some reason. Yeah, that one and the uh, the one we were talking about where he uh, jumps into the air and slams down with his fists. Uh, yeah, that's entirely new. Because, yeah, that's entirely new. Because I was expecting, with the, from the tell motion, I was expecting... I would counter, and then he would just be in the air for a second more. Then, then he'd come down and knock me out of my uh, expired counter with the long sword, and that was really—I uh, don't know—it was really—it uh, uh, really d- displayed the strength of this monster, which I liked. The yeah, he um, is a—he's a powerful wyvern. Barrioth, just too, just the look of him is very striking. He's one of the only furry yeah. monsters in the furry monsters. Uh, monsters with fur in the game. Um, he's very polar white and everything with the big saber tusks um, yep. and all the spikes on him and his huge tail. He's just very big, too. Um, yeah, he's he's about the actual size of he was in the older games. He's always been a big wyvern, uh, for sure. It's accentuated, too, because he's the only one of the pseudo-wyverns that stands upright. They all sort of yeah. crouch low to the ground and Baryoth will like, perk up his head. And the big, the iconic pose of him is his arms planted on the ground and his head uh, upturned. Look, yeah, giving us his good side. <laughs> photogenic, uh, photogenic wyvern he is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just can't wait to uh, to keep playing and farming Baryoth, um after I get uh, done with the story. He, uh, 
I was going to say, there's one thing. Uh, so, like, obviously, you break the wings. He can't cl- grip onto the ice as well. That's not new. Like, that's that's an older, right. older mechanic, even from his thing. But one thing is strikingly different. Um, so his tusks have always been amber, right? They're, they're this bright orange amber color. Um, when you used to break them, they were broken, but they were still very prominent. Like, they were broken off in the middle or something like that. Right. And now they're just gone. To they're the, just to the guns. gone. Gone now. And that was very strikingly different as far as a break animation goes. Um, we'll talk about some other monsters later where the opposite happened, where it's actually harder to notice some of the breaks that used to be very prominent. Uh, um, I'll get to that. Like, uh, I feel Glavinus is that way. Glavinus is very hard to tell what's broken and what's not. Yeah, Whereas, Tails and um, tails Iceborne, just tail tip. Just a little bit off the tip. This really don't <laughs> change the tail length at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so that's that's Barrieth. He's oh, um, um, there's one last thing. Uh, sure. I didn't touch on the wall on all the wall interaction mechanics. So it'll it'll yeah. jump up onto the walls like agile, or it'll be flying and it'll glide into the walls. And it has the it's not new, but it was so rare in the older games, just because how the environments worked. Um, uh, it, it, it'll, like, uh, pounce off the walls and, like, glide down in, like, a swooping motion with its wings, and it'll spin around once it gets onto the ground. Um, alternatively, yep. it has an animation where it'll jump on the wall and sort of backflip off of it to, like, uh, evade you, or maybe it hits you. Uh, I haven't really been hit by this move yet, so I'm not sure, but, uh, it was very... Seeing a barrier out through a backflip is so cool. He's a cool monster. There's no doubt about it. I've always liked him. Um, his design has always been sort of like, yeah, let's go for that Smilodon for sure. Um, you know, they all have sort of like the pseudo weapons have always had these sort of cat themes going on with, you know, yeah. a tiger, a panther. Uh, and having uh, a saber tooth cat or Smilodon uh, designed one is pretty nice. <laughs> really nice. Um so yeah, uh, so that that's Barrieth. Um, and the last one we're going to be talking about tonight, uh, we're probably going to talk about some of the more, I guess, mid-tier monsters. I don't know how long this game is because I haven't finished it yet. Maybe I'll finish it by the next time we talk. Yeah, it eh. won't. Eh. It's, it's pretty long. Yeah. Well, not only that, I, just, I simply have not had the time. Like I, like I said, yesterday was a no-play day. I just could not play. That's um, bummer. And it's different now because like when world came out, I was unemployed and I could play all the time. Like, but now I'm not <laughs> like, I actually have a lot of, a lot of things to do. So I, I don't know. I'll be further. At least I know that I'm further than what we talked about. Uh, I fought a couple more monsters. So, but I'll be further than what I am. At least I think so. So next yeah. week we'll probably have, um, Galavinus, Nargakuga, Tigrex and Brachidios. At least that, yeah. We may talk about a little more if I get a little further, but um, yeah. So I am actually at the point where I need to fight Tigrex and Brachidios, and both of which I have not done yet. And in fact, we actually had uh, my brother and I were trying to finish the uh, to to failure the um, I always forget the name of this now. Tempered. There you go. Tempered Coral Puke Puke. Uh, just before the recording, but it didn't work out because we both guarded because it's uh, freaking hard when it's tempered. So, yeah. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, so that'll be it for us tonight. And um, thank you guys for listening. And this is Fortuan here. Uh, you can catch me at Hunter's Hub Pod on Twitter. Um, I won't be tweeting a lot lately. Probably just episodes. Um, because I am not going to be spoiled too much more than I can. Um, yeah, sorry, I, man. Un- yeah, unfortunately, I just can't put the time into it like everyone else can, apparently. Um, <laughs> but I will try. Um, and I will... Uh, but speaking of which, I will see you guys on the next quest. And on that quest, where will you be, Haru? Media Blackout is where I will be. I'm, uh... You too. I'm not going to be tweeting, uh, really, uh, probably for at least the next week. Um, uh, but yeah, I would rate Iceborne, an Iceborne out of ten. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> See you next quest. You always, yeah, you always catch me off guard with that stuff. <laughs> I should expect it by now. Yeah, I know, you really should. <laughs> Didn't think I was that clever. <laughs> Alrighty, see you guys. You know I have nothing good planned. I only have foul intent. <laughs> <laughs>